Andrew Pitkin here on your KNEM KNMO update program as now we're joined with the Sheriff of Vernon County as that's Jason Mosier and Jason thanks for coming on in. Yeah, thanks for having me Andrew. Yeah no problem and uh, we just want to work through a, a few things because we haven't been able to catch up with you for half a year and some of that's COVID some of that's me just being new getting you in here but uh, looking at this this uh, children's uh, food drive or food boxes that you're doing here uh, for Christmas we'll start off with that what's that all about? So our food drive for children is something that we started several years ago. Um, we've had a lot of success with that, uh, mainly because of the public uh, being willing to participate and help bring food. Um, that started, you know, years ago when we were doing a search warrant. Um, we were in a house done with the situation, had a small child in there that it's right before Christmas. And, you know, I was trying to talk to him and cheer him up a little bit. You know, he wasn't in the best circumstances. And. Uh, you know, we noticed there wasn't a whole lot of food in the house. He didn't have any presents at the house. Um, we were told there was a place helping provide some presents. You know, they did the toy drive and stuff. Um, but he, he kind of mentioned how excited he was to go to school because they had food there. They had cereal and chocolate milk. And uh, it became obvious that's not something he ever gets when he wasn't in school. Um, so, you know, it kind of made us think that there's a lot of places out there that do help with toy drives and, um, you know, shop with a cop and programs like that. But... We wanted to do something maybe that that's overlooked sometimes so we started putting together this food driver we collect um, food that specifically appeals to small children snacks and just things that they would enjoy and we try to deliver that right before christmas that way um, no matter what their situation is you know it could be something like that or maybe just the parents you know are struggling and um, have trouble getting that kind of stuff but um, just showing up with a box that's got a bunch of goodies in it for kids um, you know uh, we say food a lot of it's snack stuff and just things that uh you know, the kids get excited to kind of open up and, and munch on around the Christmas time. Uh, we, we deliver those, and uh, it's been fun to do, and, you know, we're looking forward to this year to be able to do that again. How many years have you all done that program? I believe this is our fifth year of doing that. Um, you know, it, it's something that uh, it's mainly, you know, we, we say we're doing it and we, we deliver the food, but it's the public, really, that's doing it. Um, you know, we put out there, we have deputies that bring stuff in, but we put out every year that we're collecting food again to take to families, and people just start showing up with boxes of food. Uh, they'll come by and donate money for us to go buy food. So most of that that we put together, you know, and each year we're helping more and more people, um, and it's the public that's making it happen. What's the response that you've heard from kids and families about this program and what they like about it so that's typically the part the deputies like about delivering the food uh, unfortunately this year we're probably going to do non-contact deliveries and just leave it at the door um, but when they're home and we deliver it um, you can see some really big smiles especially when you know when kids hear there's food in a box they don't normally perk up that much but when they look in the box and see the kind of stuff that's in it you know uh, hot chocolate packets and marshmallows and pudding containers and there's just snack stuff in there uh, they get pretty excited so we're hoping something that simple might still make a big change and you know and, and we want them to see that that's coming from their law enforcement um, that even though sometimes when they see us it's not the best circumstances um, we want them to know that we do care about you know the people in our community and and that those deputies have a chance to show up and and give them something that's positive and not just you know under circumstances that might normally be there well, and something that I notice about this is, you know, you're giving back and something I notice on Facebook as well as often is you'll see, you know, businesses or just individuals bring in treats to you all and stuff. And so um, I guess how good does it feel when you uh, feel that relationship back and forth with the community? Oh, that makes a huge difference, you know, especially with the stuff that um, has been going on around the country. 
law enforcement you know has been struggling for several years now with the attention that they get from the media and some of the events you know in the larger cities around the country so um you know and, and we're we're blessed around here to have a community that does support law enforcement um you know it, it to us it feels like the worst things get um, around the nation the more support we start getting around here uh, the more stuff that's on tv that's focused on you know negative things about law enforcement the more we have people show up and say hey we're thinking about you guys and um, you know, they'll bring snacks by. Um, it's real common. Our, our deputies will go eat somewhere and come back and tell me somebody paid for my meal. I don't know who it is. I wish I could thank them, but somebody paid for our food when they left. Um, so we have a community that, that really supports law enforcement. Speaking with Vernon County Sheriff Jason Mosier. And Jason, let's move into uh, the jail side of things. And also along with COVID-19, um, how has that been going inside the jail where, you know, some people are in close contact? Well, we had put a lot of restrictions in place um, to try as hard as we could to keep um, the virus out of our jail if possible. Um, as it as it continued to spread and grow in numbers, we knew at some point it's probably going to end up in our jail. Um, and so we, we've been real fortunate so far. We did have one positive case in our jail. Uh, because of our strain, screening and our processes, they identified that immediately. Um, medical staff put them in quarantine inside of our facility. Um, you know, we had special procedures that our jail staff had to use every time they dealt with that inmate. Um, we got through that to where they had no more symptoms. They were off quarantine and it didn't spread anywhere else in our building. So uh, we were real fortunate to be able to keep that isolated. Um, you know, and I think it's due to the to the measures that our staff is doing in the jail. Um, they're being very diligent about their cleaning, screening people. Um, and I think that's kept it from spreading and um, kept the numbers down. How was that case recognized initially? Was it a symptomatic case? So that it, it, be, it became symptomatic, but it originally started, you know, he was screened when, when the person was there. Um, there were no symptoms, no signs, um, but they continue to screen people and ask them if they have symptoms. So as soon as that person mentioned, um, you know, a very light symptom, they immediately quarantined them and started monitoring it. Um, eventually we had a test done and it became, you know, it was a positive test. Um, I think since then, you know, during that time period, we, we conducted uh, numerous other tests and all of those came back negative. So, um, you know, being able to separate that person right away. Um, and, you know, and a lot of it comes down to the staff making sure they're following procedures to not help spread that as they go from different areas of the jail. One more thing I'd like to move into, Jason, is just the, the technology that you're putting into the jail um, and also just some of the, I think you've mentioned body cameras before and things. And we haven't talked about that at length. So what are some of the newest updates on those things? Well, body cameras is something that's been around for a while, um, you know, with patrol officers. That, that's that been around for several years. Um, it's become a standard now to have that um, within a law enforcement agency. Um, so, you know, a couple of years ago, we thought that's a program we need to start looking at for the jail. Um, not a lot of jails do that right now. Um, but why not have that done, too? You know, because that helps the most when there is any kind of, um, you know, question about what happened, having that transparency, have it all on, on uh, camera. Uh, you know, we have cameras in the jail, but they don't, they don't have, uh, um, you know, audio on them. So sometimes it's hard to tell what's actually going on when you can't hear what's being said or what the officer is telling somebody. Um, so we had started that process a couple of years ago with some test body cameras. Over the years, you know, we're still implementing that. It's not completely done. Um, but we're working on a process where, you know, all of our jail staff will have cameras on all the time. Uh, that's a we're facing more obstacles than you would on the road because a you know a police officer can turn their camera on and off per incident. Um, inside of the jail, it's kind of hard to tell when you have an incident because you're in the jail all the time dealing with stuff. 
Um, so to get it down to where they know, you know, when this needs to be turned on, when it's not. If you leave them on all the time, uh, the battery span's not long enough. You end up with too much storage space issues. Um, so there's things that we have to work through to try to figure out, you know, a reasonable um, way to implement that. Uh, but that's something that we've continued to work on. Um, we do have body cameras on the floor now in the jail. Um, so that's been successful. Um, we've also been, you know, of course, uh, looking at our software in the jail on a continuous basis. Uh, the jail's, you know, not new anymore, so a lot of our software, um, anybody that deals with technology knows that even after a couple of years, um, you're starting to have issues with some of your software and programs. Uh, See, so the last uh, large, you know, change we had made was our our center inside of our control room. You can monitor, you know, the cameras. They can switch through each camera, look at those. Uh, but we we wanted to be able to see everything all the time. So we had completely changed our DVR system. Um, we have much longer record time now on our cameras on what we can look back at. Uh, we also have, you know, a, a room that's surrounded in large. Uh, TVs now that basically has every camera in our entire building is up all the time. So now when a detention officer is in the control room, they can just look up and monitor every camera in the entire building without actually flipping through those um, on a system. Well, sounds great, Jason. Is there anything else you'd like to add as we wrap up? I think that's it. We're going to continue looking at areas that we can improve on. Uh, There's a few projects we'll be looking at for this year, so uh, we're excited to see what else we can improve. All right, perfect. Thank you very much, Sheriff. Yeah, thank you. That's Sheriff Jason Moser here in Vernon County, right here on your KNEM KNMO update program. I'm Andrew Pitkin. Thanks for listening.